so I want to have a, a couple different short sermon sermonettes today. And uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is to have us look back and to think over the last couple of years about what God has taught us. And uh, I think really this would be uh, the first part of this sermon would be better titled, What has God, God Has Taught Me? <laughs> uh, I know he's taught each of you his own unique thing during this time. But there's two things that I want to share with you that I feel like God has taught me over the last couple of years. And the first is that unity in the church comes through prayer. Unity in the church comes through prayer. About four years ago, uh, the elders began talking together about how we can be better stewards of this property that God has given to us. And we didn't really have any agenda or any plans about what we needed to do. We just looked around and we knew that there were some places and some spaces in our church uh, property that needed some work. And so we began to talk and to pray together and to take a, a few walks around the building and, and to think about that. And we, we committed to, to a year of fasting, uh, where each of us were fasting one day a week through the course of that year, seeking God's direction for this. And once a month or so, we, w- we would come back and, and talk together about what we heard and what, where we felt God was leading us. And uh, over the, the course of that year, we felt that there was clear direction on where God was leading us. And what what, I mean, there's, there's a million things that we could have done, right? Literally, just a million things that are around here that we could have done. Uh, but we felt that there was clarity on, on what God was leading us to. And along the way, there were, there were some things that we said yes to that surprised us that we really weren't even thinking about at the beginning. And there were some things that we said no to, things that we wanted to do, but we really did not feel like there was a really agreement and unity around the table. But I think that as I've thought back on that time, uh, the word that I think about that describes our, our experience as elders was the word agreement. We just over and over again sensed agreement. Yes to this, no to that. Yes, we think God's leading us here, and no to that. And so I have learned uh, in this last couple of years that unity in the church comes when people are gathering together in prayer. And so as something for you to consider uh, for those of you who are ministry team leaders, uh, leaders of women's ministry and men's ministry and prayer ministry and uh, the coffee bar and uh, all the other sorts of ministries that we have, global outreach team, I just encourage you as your team leader to spend time in prayer together as a team. It will bring you together in unity and in agreement with one another. And just want to say again, as the elders have been regularly reminding you that we are gathering here on Tuesdays at 645 before our elders' meetings, we're gathering for prayer. And so we invite all of you to come and to be a part of that and to pray together for our church and for our city and for our country, because I have learned that unity in the church comes through prayer. The second thing that I have learned is, is trust. As I mentioned earlier, there's a couple times early on uh, where we began thinking about uh, how much all of this was going to cost and how long it would take, and I just felt like it was too big, and it just let, seemed like it was too much. And we have another staff member who felt the same way, and I'd like to, to ask Alan to come up, and if, Alan, if you would just share a little bit about your story and uh, some of what you have learned during this time as well, brother. I've been part of three renovation projects. Maybe renovation is not the right word, but... Uh, Early on, and I've been around Broadway a a few days, um, we wanted to put in a, it was a new 
technology had created this new gadget that we could not heat the sanctuary, but heat the rest of the building. It was $5,000 that we needed, and we talked about it for a couple, three weeks, and then we took the offering up, and we got $2,500. So that was back in the early 80s. Then we started this other large project, the Inasmuch renovation, which originally was going to be $300,000, ended up being $550,000. So my faith was really stretched there. But the good news is that project is paid for and was paid for in about three years, which allows the ministry to go on. The second, the last one was the big one. Ryan's up here telling us about this project. It's going to cost $900,000. And in my breath, I'm saying, not going to happen. So it wasn't my belief it was the issue. It was my unbelief. And I'm amazed. We are nine-tenths of the way there. It, you know, we may owe, what, 120000 on the project yet? Okay, yeah. But 800 of it's paid for. It's like, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, thank you, Lord. Thanks for sharing, Alan. And I, there were times where I definitely felt the same way. And it just felt like uh, such a big project. But, but this learning of trust, that each step of the way... There was provision for the work that God led us to do as a community. And so a little over two years ago, we had our, had our first offering. And, you know, we, we asked each person in the congregation to make a sacrificial gift. That was, that was the call, that every single one of us can make a sacrificial gift. Whether you uh, have almost no money or whether you have lots and lots of money, that every single person can make a sacrificial gift. And so we had that first offering. And I told people, I don't know if this offering is going to be $5,000 or a million dollars. I just had no idea how much it was going to be. And so that first offering was, uh, was over two. $225,000 on that first Sunday. And so uh, then we had, had already saved about $100,000 for it. So within one Sunday, we were almost a third of the way there. And uh, that, that was a first step of trust for me. About a year later, we, uh, we had another offering that brought in $70,000. We did some fundraisers uh, that, were, that were great from a, a jump-a-thon uh, to a couple of concerts to a, uh, a, a talent night and a night where we sh- shared our stories, uh, some different fundraisers that had another $30,000 or so. Uh, but all of that's only about like $400,000. And I'm not really sure where the rest has really come from. That each week, as Rick Blossom has sends me the, the report of our offerings each week, every week, it's $500, $1,000, $2,000 here, $700 there, that over the last two years, you've continued to give, not because, because I've asked or because I've twisted your arm, but because you have responded to God. And so over the last two years, uh, just another $400,000 has come in because you all have continued to say, to say yes to God. So I'm learning to trust that God moves in people's hearts to provide what he has planned for. Let me say that again. To trust that God moves in people's hearts to provide what he has planned for. And it's, it's my personality. This probably won't surprise you. It's my personality to not do anything unless I know it's going to work out well according to my plans. And uh, that's true in my own just personal life as well as in my role as a pastor. But what I've learned through this project, or maybe better say what I'm learning through this project, is that spiritual growth for us as individuals and for us as a church requires a willingness to risk, which requires trust. To trust God and to trust that God's people will respond to him. 
Well, what's, what's next? That's what I want to talk about for the, the rest of our time this morning. What's next? And I want to start by, by just talking really plainly about some things that need to get done so that you're, you're aware of that. Um, as you know, the, the, the two big parts of the project, um, actually three big parts of the project, um, are, are really completed. So um, we, we did uh, a redesign of, of the Rock Hill Youth Group building. That was the first thing that we did was there was, they were crammed, you know, 40 of them in this little space, and we opened up some space upstairs for them to do. And so that was uh, one thing. Um, a second was the uh, the coffee bar and the cafe space uh, that has been uh, doubled in size and just is a beautiful space for us to gather on Sundays after church and at other times. And then, of course, uh, the elder elevator. These were the really three big pieces of this project that are finished. But there's some other little uh, things that need to be finished, and I just want to share with you what those are and in the order that we're going to do them. Um, I'm not going to pretend to tell you when these things are going to get done because, as we've found out and learned in the last couple of years. We just don't know, okay? It's just, these things take a long time. But here's the order of when these things are getting finished. Uh, first is the nursery in the children's room. And uh, I forgot to mention this the last couple of weeks, but uh, Nick Easterday has stepped in and is filling in for Randy while Randy is away for the next three or four months. And Nick, are you here? You are. Man. So, it's already been a blast working with Nick, and uh, he is, is moving away, uh, moving along on the nursery, and then that children's room on that middle floor that needs to be finished. Those are our, our next priority. Uh, second, then, will be Rock Hill, both the attic, uh, the, the, uh, the attic of that building is a place where uh, the, some of their small groups gather, and uh, so that needs to be repaired. There's some flooring that needs to be repaired and some decorating that needs to be done up there, and then also, of course, the exterior of Rock Hill uh, needs to be completed as well. And then after that, we're going to move into what used to be the parlor and is now the Go Fish Room. Uh, they're going to have that room to themselves, and so they're going to get to design it to be a kid's room. And uh, so that will be next. And then after that, we'll move to the library and get the library finished. And then there's the two adjacent rooms off from the coffee bar where we've been kind of storing library stuff for the last couple of years. Well, then after the library is finished, we'll move all that stuff into uh, the library and then finish those two rooms. And then the last thing will be um, opening up the deck room. So that, uh, that's one big room uh, rather than the two uh, separate rooms. And so that's the order. Uh, we hope in the next year uh, or so those things will be finished. We're going to do those things as we have the time and as, as we have the money to do them. And so those are, that's what's coming next. Finances. Uh, as, as has been mentioned originally, we set out with the goal uh, to, as a congregation, to raise $850,000 for, for this project. And presently, we are at $820,000. So we have $30,000 to go before we are there. So um, the cost of this project um, has gone over a little bit, not a whole lot, but a little bit. And so right now we owe our contractors $120,000, and that's where we are. And so unless, um, unless there's some money that comes in that we're not aware of or not expecting, we will need to take a loan out on that. But um, we know that God has already provided $820,000, and we hope that by the end of the year the rest of this will be taken care of. So I'm asking that you would pray about that with me. Um, that is that is the need uh, for this phase of the project to be completed. 
to get the pump primed um, on finishing this out. Uh, and an anonymous family is, is offering a $10,000 matching grant to help us reach that $850,000 goal. So any money that comes in in the next two weeks, before uh, next Sunday and then up to September 1st, uh, they will match uh, those funds of $10,000. And so we can get the pump primed to get the rest of this $120,000 done. So thank you to that family for your willingness to do that. You can praise God for that. So I would like to spend a moment now in prayer, uh, asking that God would continue to help us complete this thing that has been started. Father, we, we thank you for what has been done, and we look forward, and, and I confess that me and maybe many of us think, oh, there's still so much to do. It's maybe under our breath, like, like Alan said, it's not going to happen. Lord, help us to overcome our unbelief, uh, to move forward in confidence and trust and faith that you have provided up to this point and that you will provide for us again. Father, we pray that you will bring uh, the people, the hands, the, the insight, and the knowledge to finish the projects that need to be done. Uh, we pray, God, for the financial resources that are still required uh, in order to accomplish and finish this. Uh, Lord, we ask in faith that you would continue to be uh, the good provider and that we would learn that we can trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. So what's, what's next for us as a church? I, I have a, a sense, and I mentioned this very briefly last week, but I have this sense right now in, in my own soul and in my conversation with God and with, with other people, with our leaders, that we are really at, at a pivot moment in, in the life of our church. Uh, we've just completed this major portion of this renovation project. This was a, a big commitment for us of our time, in our prayer, in our energy, in our finances. And throughout this process, as I already said, we've learned a lot of things. And we've learned the importance of prayer and trust and certainly many other uh, spiritual lessons that we've learned. But I believe that next, this pivot moment, that as we move into the future, that God is going to do a deep renovation in our community in our relationships, as well as in each of our hearts, that God is right now going to move and to be focused directly on restoring our church community in our relationships with each other and also in our relationships with him and in our own hearts. I just want to give you a few examples of things that I have been seeing and things that are coming uh, that make me really see that this is a, a new and fresh time uh, where God is going to de- do a new renewing kind of work here at our church. Uh, first of all, is just in my conversations with people. I am, I am hearing and I'm watching people become more vulnerable with one another with their own stories. I'm watching people bring their, their painful situations into light and to share that with one another. People who have mental illness sharing that this is a part of my reality in my life. People who are struggling with sin in their life that has been around for years and years and years are bringing that into the light and being vulnerable in that way. That is good seed for God's renewing work in our church. Secondly, 
On Tuesday nights, uh, we've been praying together as a church body, and so we've had anywhere from 10 to 30 people who have been gathering each week to pray for our church, in our city, and for our country. These are good, important seeds that be, are being planted for God's renewing work in our church. In two weeks, uh, Luke Ash and his family are going to be coming to join us on staff. And friends, many of you met with him over the the course of that month, and you know the spiritual depth that he brings as well as the talent that he brings. We have been blessed over the years with Lisa and Ben and with Rona and with Holly and with Marcel and with Pat Black and with other worship leaders from our church who have laid an amazing foundation for us where when we come here to gather on Sunday mornings, they point us to God. And Luke is going to continue to do that in a deeper and wider and more creative way. And so I'm excited to see what he is going to bring to our staff. And he's coming right at this point in our church's life where we are going to be reflecting together about our our unity as a church. What are the unique characteristics uh, that God has given to us as a church that makes us, uh, that helps us to make disciples and followers of Jesus? And so Luke and his family are going to be coming right at this time where we're talking about this on Sunday mornings and talking about it um, in our small groups. And so uh, they, as staff members, will be on board with us over the course of this fall. Speaking of small groups, last year at this time, we had five small groups that were meeting on a regular basis. Five of pe- people who were gathering either once a week or once every other week uh, for community. We could have as many as 20 small groups beginning this fall. Yes, praise God for that. This, these are places for us to gather as, as God's people. Uh, we know that, that Sunday mornings uh, are, are vital, important places for us, but we know that each day and each week we need the encouragement of a, of a more intimate group of followers of Jesus to encourage us and challenge us in the faith. And so, you know, if the average uh, small group is 10 people, you know, that's 200 people potentially that could be a part of small groups this, this fall. And that's an amazing thing, and that is good seed for God's renewal work that he's going to do. In the midst of all of that, there have been all all that's happened the last couple of years and all of our, our planning and preparation for small groups and the other things that we're doing at the church. In the midst of all of that, there have been about 10 of the key leaders in our church who have been going through deep and dark and difficult trials over the last year. It's been people including myself, some of our elders, and some of our staff, some of them who um, have been going through physical pain that's kept them from doing the things that God wants them to do, uh, that, that they would like to do for the Lord. It's been uh, deep emotional and spiritual and soul work that's been happening in t- at least 10 of these key leaders in our church. And I'm watching as each one of these leaders lean into Christ and lean into the church community as they're going through this. And those are just 10 of our, of our key leaders. I know that there are many of you who have been going through very similar times in your life. And I want to suggest to you that that time of, of pain and, and, and difficulty and learning to lean into Christ in the church, that I believe that God is preparing us for something really good. He is deepening us, deepening our roots more deeply into Christ and to prepare us for something good. This is a pivot moment 
A moment where God is going to call us to move into deeper spiritual growth and a deeper commitment to him and to one another. And that's what I want to emphasize for the rest of this time, is that this spiritual growth, this renewal that I believe that God is bringing in our lives, it's going to be um, a renewal that comes when we commit ourselves more firmly to Him and to bind ourselves in our lives to Him, and also as we bind ourselves to our relationships with one another. And those two things are always intertwined. And our spiritual growth always requires both of those two things, a commitment to Christ and a commitment to one another. We experience the presence of Jesus most clearly and tangible in our life through our brothers and sisters in Christ. I think a lot of times in my life I always measured my, my, my walk with Christ uh, through how often and consistently and how long my personal quiet times were with God. And those are vital. And over the course of this fall, we're going to be talking about how important those times are. But as I look back on my life, I think that the times where I grew the most were the times where I was most committed to God's people where I was most frequently spending regular time with other brothers and sisters in Christ who encouraged me and who challenged me and who helped deepen my relationship with Christ. And so certainly it works both ways, that as we uh, commit ourselves to those individual personal times with Christ, it leads us into deeper places of community, but it works the other direction as well. That as we commit ourselves to community and to relationships with one another, that our relationship with Christ as individuals and in our own heart is deepened as well. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so this is a call to a commitment, a deeper commitment to Christ and to one another. Uh, Kevin, would you, would you come on up? Uh, Kevin's going to come and join me up here. And I just want to ask my friend Kevin a, a few questions. Uh, you all know Kevin Chandler. He's been here before, a great friend of mine. And would you uh, welcome him as he comes forward? Hey. Hey. I'm on stage. You are on stage. Let me um, turn you on so that people can hear you. That's important. All right, there we go. All right. So do you want me over here or over here? You're good. It's good? Okay. Yeah, I'll come up to you, too. So uh, Kevin and I have been friends for about four years now, and Kevin has taught me uh, through our friendship and just through watching him uh, the power that relationships have to make new things possible. And so, Kevin, I'd just like to ask for you first, if you would just share with Broadway, um, you've, you know about the project that we've been working on the last couple of years. Um, can you just share with us what that means to you and other people with disabilities that a community like ours would uh, make this kind of investment? Yeah. Um, it's an invitation. Um, I, I was just sitting here this morning, and I've been here... Um, a handful of times over the years and um, just always really moved and blessed by uh, this church, um, by the, the leadership and the congregation and the, the worship and the, the word that's shared. Um, and every time I'm here, I, I know that the Lord is working and, uh, and that you guys love each other and uh, that this is a, a community of believers, a, a true community of believers and um, so by uh, by adding an elevator and, and ramps and things like this 
um, what you're saying is, uh, come on in, be a part of this, um, that um, you're, you're inviting uh, the disabled, you're inviting the, the physically broken as well. Um, and that, you know, that means that uh, Celebrate Recovery and, and as much and the children's ministry, um, people with disabilities can, can be a part of that now. Um, and, and you did this because uh, you want us to be a part of it. Um, so that's just, that's a beautiful thing um, because a lot, of, a lot of churches and believers can say that, um, but when you actually do it, that's, that's powerful. Um, and I, I was joking about it when I came up here, but um, you added a ramp to the stage, which means uh, you're not just saying, come and be part of what we're doing. Um, you're saying, uh, come and be part of it, and we want to hear from you too. Um, so you're, you're giving a, a platform um, to the, the physically broken as well. So Thanks, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> So if you could just talk a little bit about your, your life and experience with us, I think this will be helpful. Um, the role that relationships and friendships in your, in your own life play, that you, are, uh, that you are dependent on others to meet your, some of your very, very basic physical needs. And uh, I don't know if you, most of you know this, but um, Kevin doesn't have any paid help. Um, he has, has only invited friends into his life to come and to help him with his, meet his day-to-day needs, which is just a remarkable thing. And so, so, Kevin, can you talk a little bit about the role that friendships and relationships play in your life and how uh, the fact that others um, are there to meet your physical needs, the way that reflects something about a need that each one of us have uh, hmm. to, to depend on and to be vulnerable to other people? Yeah. Um, well, two things um, in that light. Uh, one is that, uh, so I, I do depend on other people to uh, do everything from getting me up in the morning and, and um, you know, get a shower and all, all that good stuff and, uh, and then uh, different small things throughout the day and, and then on into the evening. And um, something that I've, I've learned um, or realized over the years and that I love and um, I, I hope I recognize <laughs> um, often um, is that uh, every time someone helps me uh, in this way, I get to see Christ. Um, and, and so I get the gospel rehearsed to me, uh, you know, 15 times a day or 20 times or however many times I have to use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Not 20 times, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, We're glad about that. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, uh, but but so so yeah, I get to see Christ reflected uh, in these relationships, and uh, that's not just because I'm being physically helped, but because um, these friendships run deep as a result of uh, our interaction and uh, my dependence on others, and um, and and what we end up getting to do is is really share our lives together. Um, because uh, since they see my vulnerability, they become vulnerable to me. And uh, so that, that's the other aspect, is that 
Uh, I read a, a book a while back um, that was really great and full of truth, and it was about how men have trouble uh, connecting and, and talking deeper than uh, sports and the weather. <laughs> and uh, the author uh, said, well, you know, this is something that we have to change because most men only have a deeper connection with one or two men in their lives. And I was reading that and going, wow, I, I have that with like 12 guys, you know, <laughs> or, or, or more. And, uh, and it's because of this dependence. And so um, I think that there is a thing in our culture um, that is a lie, and it's this push for independence. Um, and, and really, we should be uh, pressing into one another and pressing into the Lord and uh, being uh, willing to uh, love one another uh, as Christ loved the church, and then also being willing to accept that and, uh, and give it right back. Yeah. Kevin, I love you, bro. Yeah, love you too, man. Thanks. So I, I don't know all of the details or what exactly is going to happen next in this renewal work that God is going to do, but I know this, that the renewal that God is going to do in us is going to happen in the context of these vulnerable, independent relationships with one another. A couple days ago, I, I received a text from Robert Flora. And uh, Robert, as you know, has some, some serious mental and emotional disorders in his life. And I'm not saying anything behind his back. He shared that with all of us on Facebook this week. But I got a text from him, and it said this. I just had lunch with two brothers, Steve Snyder and Don Grimaud. I called because I was falling apart at the seams. The helpfulness I received was beyond anything I might have imagined. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Robert had a choice in this moment of his life where he felt like he was falling apart at the seams. All of us have had moments like that. And he had a choice in that moment to stay isolated and to stay by himself or to turn and to lean in to his brothers in Christ. And he made a choice in that moment to lean in to his relationships with his brothers and he experienced a helpfulness that was beyond anything that he could have imagined. A couple hours later, I saw him post on Facebook, I live with what is considered to be a very serious mental and emotional disorder. I have received such love, encouragement, and assurance as words fail to capture. I cannot adequately express my appreciation for the community at Broadway Christian Church. Thank you all so very much. This is a testimony of the kind of work that God wants to do in us as a community where we are willing in not the, the times when we're feeling great and we're, when we're at our best to show up into community, but to show up into community at those times when we feel like we're at our worst, when we, don't think, when we know, in fact, that we have nothing to offer to anyone else, but that our community has something to offer to us, so that in turn someday when Robert 
is having a moment of, of strength and courage that he may speak that into Don and Steve's life, which I know he will and he has done in my life. Praise God. Lena, would you come forward? Uh, Lena sent me a message yesterday. I, I think I feel like I have something to share, and can I do that? And so, Lena, would you come on up and, and share with us? You can if you want to, yes, yeah. God, I don't like to stand there. <laughs> so, um, I know for sure, 100%, that this experience I had last week, there is a reason, and the Lord wanted me to share it. It's for you, for everybody as one body of Christ. Um, I didn't come to church for almost a month or a little bit more. I have family in town. I'm so excited, working every other Sunday. Sometimes I can't, like I will watch the service online, but sometimes you, you get so busy, and uh, it's different when you are in the house of the Lord. So last Sunday, um, I, w- I didn't want to come to church. Uh, my friend called me, are you coming? I said, no, because my nephews are still here. I want to be with them on this Sunday. And there was one car only to be used, and they needed it. So i been struggling a lot, and when I'm struggling a lot, I close myself, I shut myself off, and, and uh, many times I don't read my Bible, I don't pray, I am in a survivor mood, like just, Cindy, Debbie, Brian, Katie, pray for me, it's, that's how my survivor mood is, and anyway, um, last Sunday at 9.30, and I live 20 minutes away from the church, so... Um, I decided maybe I should come to church. I text a friend, and she got my message at 9.40, and she was on Highway 69. She told her husband, let's go back right away, turn back, let's go get Lena. And that's a sacrifice from my friend. Here, I know how much she loved to be here at 10 a.m. exactly to worship. And we made it to church at 10.15. I came down, received a prayer, Received hugs, received connections, received the holy touch from my sisters and brothers. And also I talked to some ladies. I shared what's happening with me. And I sensed community. And I really, you guys don't believe it. At the end of the service and before I leave, everything, every encounter happened in the church was so effective in me. I told my friends, I felt if you picture it, wearing, I'm wearing a dress or standing with tons of holes in my body, actual holes. And every touch, every hello, every smile, every listening time, it covered, it patched a hole in me and it was real. It was so real. Like I felt so much whole and so much blessed. And I am thankful a million times that we have a living Lord, but we have also a live church that willing their hearts, your hearts are willing to obey the Lord. Like Melissa, she prayed here with me, but I went back to my seat, starting thinking of everything, and she came back and she gave me a hug because Jesus told her, come back to Lena. I'm not asking you for hugs every time, guys. <laughs> But, but everybody, everybody, we are a body, we are community, we are one family, and 
And I picture the church always growing in relationships because like Jesus told Peter, this is your mom, okay? This is your aunt. This is your brother. This is your dad. This is your uncle. This is your son. We need each other as a body. And I encourage you from all my heart. And uh, believe me, those holes, I felt them and they were patched. Before I come to church that day, I didn't feel those holes, but they were there hiding. Then when I came to church and received light and, and love and, and encouragement from the Lord first and you, it blessed me so much. Thank you, sister. I'll take a hug. So there was moments in Lena's life where she had these holes, and being connected with God's people brought healing to those places. Will Hoff, can you come up and share, brother? I like, I like the book of Philippians about as much as you like Ephesians. And uh, there's a, but there was one verse in, in Philippians that always, I'd always read it and I always thought, man, if I ever, when I see Paul, I'm going to smack him right upside the head for this verse because I don't get this. He said, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. That whole participation in his sufferings, why somebody would pray for that just baffled me. It was like, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt. And uh, this, this has been the hardest year and a half of my life. Um, with Ainsley leaving our household, making some really bad decisions, the way that took place. Uh, Breaking the heart of her mom and me, raising up some abandonment issues in my in my son. You all know Nathan. Um, and then I don't know if everybody knows this. My wife was diagnosed with stage four gastric cancer, and uh, about what two months ago maybe. And uh, it's just been one thing after another. Um. This verse makes a lot of sense to me now. I know that resurrection, resurrection doesn't take place unless you die first. That is such a hard reality, but it is such a sweet, sweet thing to, to come to this place and understand that no matter what I go through, Christ is shining. I can't say it any better than what Kevin said. And I sent an email to somebody um, I said, I know Jesus Christ loves me because you show that to me so many times. And that's what this church does. I, I've had so many people tell me, stop being afraid to ask for help. And I am humbled by what you guys do. I, I don't have words to say thank you. I don't know how to do that. What I can do is exactly what he's called me to, is just to fall back into his arms. And uh, I do that, and I feel him holding me every time you pray with me, every time you guys have, have brought us meals, every time. You have no idea, oh man, you have no idea how you have blessed 
my wife, I kid you not, she gets a card of encouragement. And I thank God for you. I thank you for saying yes to him. And if I want to tell you this, if you're broken, if you're hurting, please don't keep that inside, man. Don't, don't hold on to that. You don't have to. He hasn't called you to do that. There's healing and help and hope in Jesus Christ. And like Bill always says, you know, you guys are, you're Christ with skin here on earth, you know. And every time you reach out, every time you do something like that, you just manifest the beauty of him, the perfection of him, the love of him. This is how I know he loves me. I know that you all know that he loves you. I'm here to tell you I am his favorite. (laughs) I know this. I know you can say it too, but I really am his favorite. Um, But I, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. Just thank you. And, and this, this community, I've always had relationships 200 miles wide, about half an inch deep. I didn't want to be involved in a men's group. I, I never thought about an elevator. Who thought of an elevator? Nobody thought of an elevator here. And we're sitting there and we're talking about where God wants to take us. And Vince Campbell said, it's a shame that everybody doesn't have access to every floor. It was the first time I'd ever heard anybody mention that. And it hit. And that... God took that and bam, now look. We were praying this morning and the idea hit me. We get to go down and have lunch today. And every single person who wants to go down gets to go down and have lunch today. Our family gets to be together today. Of all the things we could have done, of all the things we could have done, the number one concern that God placed on our heart was, I want you all to be together every time you get together, wherever you get together in my temple. That, that speaks volumes. And the fact that this church listened and said yes, oh, man, oh, man. So anyway, thank you very much. Jerry's got something to say. All right. Congratulations. You know we're here 45 years. But you know the man that in, inspired Brother Yalberg to, to look at, at this building was Mayor Levinoff. And I'm thankful that I've been able to serve the Lord 45 years, almost 79 years since I was immersed in Mexican. But you, the first service that was ever held for Broadway was on a Saturday morning in memory of Mr. Wyand, who was duck hunting with the doctor and was horse down the river, and I guess they never did find. But I'm thankful that I, and I like to, how many people here that was here the first year from 44 to 45. Amen. <laughs>